Welcome to the Table Stakes Podcast, presented by Xenio, where we discuss business and technology issues affecting enterprise restaurant brands. I'm your host, Andy Grindstaff, restaurant enthusiast, technology optimist, and one of the product leads here at Xenio. Today I'm joined by Brendan Gilbert, systems architect for Dutch Bros Coffee. Welcome, Brendan. Hello, hello. So, Brendan, um, Dutch Bros uh, is a household name for certain parts of the country. It has a rabid fan base. But there is a lot of the country that might not know who Dutch Bros Coffee is. Can we can we take a second and just level set with all the listeners? Who is Dutch Bros? Tell us about Dutch Bros, and also you can include you know your role in history with the company. Totally, <clears throat> yeah. So Dutch Bros is a primarily drive-through only uh, coffee company based out of Oregon. Uh, started in 1992 in the small town of Grants Pass, Oregon, by the Dutch brothers themselves, Dane and Travis Borsma. And yeah, so we're in eight states today. That's been seven for a long time, but we are in eight now and very soon to be more. And so we're uh, currently in Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, Nevada, Colorado, Arizona, and now New Mexico, Utah, soon to be Texas, Oklahoma, um, and more states coming very soon after that. And so, yeah, drive-through only. Um, I think the biggest differentiator of Dutch Bros is, you know, customer service and our people are really the product. Coffee is the means in which we get to make an impact on people's lives. So for me personally, I've been with Dutch Bros for 15 years. Um, I started as a barista uh, going to college at Oregon State, go Beavers. Uh, (laughs) And it really had a profound impact on my life. Um, Dutch Bros is where I met my best friends. It's where I met my wife. It's where I learned tons of just skills and life lessons um, that have really taken me a long way in life. So for me, Dutch Bros is not a job. Dutch Bros is my family. Um, and I love I love what I get to do. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you mentioned that drive through is a huge part of your business, maybe the majority. Um, and you guys have you guys have some coffee stands and there, there is some walk up. You might have a couple that have dining rooms. But how, like, how much of your business would you say actually goes through the drive through versus other channels? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, it's the majority. I do. I should know those statistics off the top of my head. You know, I would ballpark and just say 90% uh, of all of our locations only, I believe today, it's only five of which are dry or walk in only that do not offer um, a drive through. Um, everything else at least has a drive through lane and the majority of them, that's where um, the majority of the business is coming through is the drive through lanes. They have walk-up patios. Uh, we do have some remodels and in caps that have the ability to walk inside them. But the majority of Dutch Bros you're going to see is either a single or double side drive through with a walk-up window. And almost all that volume is cruising through the drive through oh. lane. That's amazing. And I think that that helps you, know, helps you guys get through a lot of transactions pretty quickly, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think especially, you know, in times of COVID, uh, we're realizing more than ever that the drive through lane is such a critical, critical component. So for Dutch Bros, that definitely plays to our favor that that was our primary uh, yeah. business prior to COVID. Yeah. I mean, so you, that's a great segue because, you know, we at Xenio, we, we serve a lot of quick serve brands and the drive through is a huge portion of their business. And so having worked with you guys for over a year, almost two years now, um, you know, I can honestly say like Dutch Bros is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to drive through. Your guys operations is bananas. Um, it's an, it's impressive. And I think it's something that I'd like to really hone in on. I think a lot of people listening would appreciate to learn about. Um 
Would you be able to kind of walk us through that that operational flow, like the experience that customers get in the in the drive-through, and, and maybe even go into you know kind of how that's evolved over time? Uh, because how you guys do your operations, including how you guys are doing line busting, is really uh, cutting edge when it comes to operations. And so, would you be able to walk us through kind of that that drive-through journey? Definitely. Yeah. So I have to back up a little bit in the history of Dutch Bros. And for everyone that's listening to this, that is a technology enthusiast, this might be one of those jaw drop moments that as of five years ago, you know, we were however many locations in over 300 locations in a company that's been at this since 1992. And we did not have a point of sale system. So as of five years ago, we were using Square to process credit cards and Patronics to process gift cards, but no point of sale, literally a cash drawer and nothing else. And backing up even further than that, um, one of the things we realized is being a primary drive-through business was that without having a squawk box, you know, a place for an order entry or an ordering board or things like that, our biggest thing that was slowing us down was that we didn't have the order. You know, we were taking the orders at the window, we were making the drinks right there, charging the customer out and taking care of the entire customer experience at the window. So we started running to get orders and that progressed through a number of different systems where a barista would run to your car and take your order, line bust per se, but with no technology, uh, baristas had to improvise. So that was everything from going out there, taking the order verbally and running back inside and hoping you didn't forget anything when you regurgitated that order back to the people making the drinks. Uh, the next big technology advancement we made was sticky notes, where we would <laughs> add a sticky notes out there and write down the order, run inside, slap the sticky note on the counter and run back and get the next one. The next level, you know, we're in the 2000s. Come on now. We went to whiteboards. So, uh, <laughs> we would take a whiteboard out there, write it down, come in, slap it on the wall with Velcro and grab a clean one and go out there and get the next order. And then one day, I, I would imagine a barista is like, you know what? I've already set a record on steps on my Apple Watch. I need to stop running back and forth. You put your phone on top of the espresso machine. I'll take mine out there, and I will iMessage or text you the orders. And that really launched the what we called the texting system back then. And for multiple years, our technology stack was iMessage as an order entry and line busting device um, with just iPads mounted around our stores and people with phones or at the time iPods texting orders in. And what we realized um, was that, you know, we had tried to avoid technology for so long as a company because our fear was that technology would get in the way of the customer experience that we desired. You know, we really desired a genuine customer interaction where you're focused on the customer the entire time. You're not looking at a point of sale system, typing things in with your eyes, looking at a screen, you were having that genuine interaction. And while I believe that our intentions were good and we were able to achieve that for so long, yeah, we, totally. kind of, we hit that breaking point where it's like, okay, we can only go so fast. Like this whole iMessage and tech, like duct taped, we pretty much did have a point of sale system. It was just duct taped together in Dutch Bros fashion where we took oh three or four things that really weren't meant for what we were using them for and made them work for us. And that's where we decided to really jump into the point of sale system and find someone that could help, you know, take us from iMessage to the next level. And so that was the past, you know, 
three or so years. And then with that next evolution um, was when we jumped into jumped into Xenial to even go faster with order entry and line busting and all of that. So to answer your original question, as I just went way off into the weeds there. No, that's great. That's exactly uh, <laughs> what I was looking for. Yeah. So the original question is, you know, the average flow at the normal Dutch Bros you go to is when you pull onto the lot, you're going to have a human being that's running out to you to take your order. They're using an iPad for order entry. And then that order is going into a location that could have anywhere from one to five drink making stations um, where they're all actively working on those same orders. And then depending on which location you go to, if it's high volume, more than likely your order is being fulfilled and ran back out to you before you get to the drive-through lane. You're being charged in line. And at a lot of our locations now, we have what's called an escape lane where you don't even have to go to the window. Everything's taking place in the drive-through lane and you yeah. can just go ahead and pull out once you have everything. So, I mean, it was probably four years ago. Um, I was working a grand opening down on uh, Manzanita in right outside of Sacramento. And it was one of the craziest grand openings I'd ever seen. It was when we had first been on point of sale and it was only a third of the cars ever even made it to the drive through window. You know, every other, every other car had the entire transaction take place in the drive through lane and were able to pull out and move on. So for us, that's definitely been a game changer. You know, it really allows us to move lines quicker maximize, you know, not necessarily having the most stacking space on our lots and things like that. You know, if we can use two, three, four, five people to help line bust and drink run and do those things, um, it still allows us to keep the customer experience that we're shooting for where, you know, our baristas can sit there and chat with you if they want to and talk to you about life or whatever it might be, uh, but also move that line quickly because we know more than ever, time is of the essence and the customer's expectation of what's quick is changing rapidly. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. You guys really do have, you know, a very unique drive through experience and the volume you guys are putting through at your, your location. Some of your locations are, is really wild. Um, so you, I mean, you had mentioned you, you were up to, you know, over 300 stores before you even went to a point of sale. And now you guys are in kind of in growth mode, right. And looking towards, looking towards the future, you know, what, what, what thinking has gone in on your guys' side? Because, you know, it's, you're, you're the systems architect, but you work with your retail team, your operations um, to, to kind of come up with how these practices are going to get and put into place. What is some kind of thinking and strategy that you guys put into these practices to create this kind of u unique and, and uh, you know, well-oiled machine that you guys have? What, 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 can you pull back the curtain a little bit and walk us through, you know, what kind of conversations you guys have internally on that? Yeah, I think more than ever right now, we're focusing on building solid infrastructure so that everything we build on top of it scales. You know, as I mentioned, you know, we did make a jump to a, a point of sale system four or five years ago. We put in a lot of other tools. And what we realized is that we were spending a lot of time focusing on the now, you know, trying to solve today's problems and not necessarily thinking of like, oh, like this feels great right now, but how's this going to feel at 400 locations, 500 locations, 1,000 locations, and all those little pain points start to become very real as you grow, where something didn't seem like such a big deal at a couple hundred locations massively becomes a big deal um, as we grow. And so more than anything, it's putting in solid infrastructure. 
So, I mean, just looking back in 2020, you know, we've successfully rolled out Dutch Bros first ERP system. You know, we were on QuickBooks as a company of our size up until this last year, and we're now rolling out, or we've now fully rolled out Dynamics 365. Uh, we just are now in the process of rolling out um, Workday for human capital management. We just rolled out Xenial for point of sale. Um, and really, we look at all of those things as just table stakes infrastructure that has to be put into place so that we can continue to grow in a healthy manner. You know, we were dependent so much on things that I, I kind of mentioned earlier. They weren't designed for enterprise. They weren't designed for the way we were using them, which was awesome in typical Dutch Bros fashion. Yeah, the fact that you pulled it off <laughs> is great. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. You know, it was fun to take things and be like, man, how can we make iMessage be our new point of sale system? But you realize very quickly that becomes painful. You know, mm -hmm. as you, something that was fairly easy to train when you're at 5,000 employees becomes very challenging to train at 10,000 and becomes nearly impossible at 20 or 25,000, which is where we could be here in just a few years. So that's been the biggest thing is um, really getting solid infrastructure. And then I would say the next big thing we're really trying to focus on is things have to be easy. Things can't require training manuals and hour long courses because more than ever, uh, I feel like everyone's attention span is a little bit less and the amount of information that we have to communicate to the field is just massive. And so again, if we've got to put out hour long training videos or pages and pages of training materials, it's not going to hit. So without a doubt, every piece of technology we have, whether it be employee facing or facing our field leadership or facing our customers has to be intuitive to use. It has to be um, to the point where they should just be able to pick it up and use it. Because if they can't, that's a, that puts us in a world of hurt, of training and support. So, yeah, I would say infrastructure is a big one. And then uh, ease of use is probably the other big strategic one we really... So, you know, one of the things that I hear, Brendan, is is kind of a focus on technology supporting the customer experience and supporting, you know, your baristas, or as you guys call them, broistas. Um, it, technology really is something that you guys, you know, really want to be careful. That it doesn't take over the guest experience because it is all about that, that face-to-face -face contact. But, you know, I would love to talk a little bit more, dive into a little bit more of the technology you, you do that because you, you guys actually really do have, you know, a very, you know, forward thinking technology stack in terms of how you guys are using, you know, whether what's the type of terminals you use or, and all of that. Um, I think the way that you guys are so flexible in your operations is really enabled by the way you guys are doing technology. Can you dive into a little bit more on what kind of tech you use and how is it meeting these, this guest service practice and, 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 you know, benefits your guys' end goals as well as, you know, making it easy for your broistas to enjoy their work environment? Because I'll say the company culture at Dutch Bros, I've never seen anything like it. Your employees are so happy and so stoked on life all the time. You know, making sure technology doesn't, you know, impede that seems like an equally important, you know, goal as just, you know, making the client experience, the guest experience, you know, good. Can you, can you dive a little bit more into the technology piece and how that flexibility helps you guys? Definitely. Yeah. You know, for us, um, I think we're one of the few enterprise clients out there that are using iPads, you know, as their primary device. And for us, that was a strategic decision, you know, back, you know, along the lines of having things that are easy and intuitive. 
the reality is the majority of our employee base are either iOS users or at mm -hmm. least iOS familiar. And so you even think of like troubleshooting when like people get on the wrong Wi-Fi or need to adjust a Bluetooth setting or things like that. Having a device that every employee already knows how to do those things, that right there is huge. You know, knowing that they're they're never not gonna they're never not going to know how to go connect to a different Wi-Fi network or change the Bluetooth settings or turn their screen brightness up or those things because it's a device they're used to. And that's in no way to knock on the enterprise devices that are available. It's more just to say that it's easy to use and we take a lot of other pain points in exchange for that because we really want to have it be something that the barista is comfortable using and excited to use. I would say the other thing is that we because of us not having a point of sale system up until five years, all we've ever known is cloud. All we've ever known mm -hmm. is cloud and a very small technology stack. So, you know, our entire point of sale technology today is iPads, two blue or two Wi-Fi printers, and two cash drawers that are attached to those printers. That's our entire point of sale infrastructure. And then behind that, you know, we have a Meraki company-wide network. We just finished deploying this last year and that's helped a ton. But for the most part, we have a very basic technology stack. So there's very few things to go wrong. There's no need to go in physically to do upgrades or those type of things. So that's really enabled us to be pretty agile in the way we move to, you know, the last time we switched point of sale providers, it was delete one app and install the next app. <laughs> that was our conversion. You know, we yeah. deleted the old app and we installed the new one. That's all we had to do. So for us, that's pretty dang cool. And really, as we look towards the future with all of our technologies, that's how simple it should be. You know, if we need to make a pivot or we need to add something new, it should be as simple as downloading an app from the app store or logging one out and logging something in. And that's our entire stack. You know, our music provider is an iOS app. Our scheduling and time and attendance provider is an iOS app. Um, our HR is an iOS app. I mean, you just go down the list. It's all things that are designed to be user friendly. And so besides our networking and our stereo, I mean, you have exposure now to our entire technology stack at Dutch Bros. It's iPads, a couple printers, a couple cash drawers. We use the cameras on board the iPads for QR code scanning. So we don't have any extra um, hardware there. Our payment devices connect via Bluetooth and are very, a very simple payment device. And so, yeah, I think we keep it pretty simple and pretty slim. And that's been really nice. Yeah, no, I, I think you, I wanted you to share that because I think sometimes, you know, we, we can sometimes overthink these types of, these types of things. And to see you guys running just an incredibly successful business in growth mode, you know, looking at, you know, growing your company size by a lot, you know, over the next few years. And, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned, uh, you know, that you guys are able to do it with what you just described and, and, and have, you know, a lot of volume as a QSR, as a QSR brand. So I think that there's a lot of good lessons to take away from there that, you know, it is doable like that. Um, and so, and you guys have moved very quickly in that too, in, in terms of rolling a lot of that out, um, you know, compared to other trends in, in throughout the enterprise restaurant industry. So, you know, I, in all of these episodes, one of the things I really like to ask, especially during this time of COVID-19, um, and it doesn't have to just be about COVID-19, um, but, you know, I think, 
you have such a unique perspective in this industry. I'd love to give you a moment to share any lessons learned, um, whether it's around this line busting um, experience that you guys have really revolutionized or your time during COVID-19 or in general for some other enterprise restaurant brand uh, professionals that might be listening right now and looking for, for you know, a good takeaway from you guys as you guys are going into growth mode. Do you have, do you have any lessons learned that you could share or some good takeaways? Oh man. Yeah. Lessons learned a ton. Um, I don't think we have enough time today to go through all of those, but, um, you know, what comes to mind the most right now is, um, communication and training, you know, internally, you know, can never communicate enough, you know, as, as Dutch bros is growing during this time. And then also going through COVID with everyone transitioning to remote work, communication is so key. So making sure that everyone on the team is getting, you know, daily or weekly updates on where you're at on things, making sure that you're overly communicating with stakeholders on any project, making sure everyone's requirements are in, making sure, you know, once things are ready to go, that they've validated that everyone's good to go. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we, we rolled things out very quickly. Um, and for 400 locations, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of area for things to fall between the cracks. So can't, can't overly emphasize enough proper communication. So for me, I learned a lot, especially through this last rollout of making sure everyone on the team was just informed on what was going on, what's going well, what's not going well. Um, and so for us, that really was a combination of everyone being remote, but then also Dutch Bros growing very rapidly with new members on the team and us trying to delegate things better. So that's one. And then training. And again, um, COVID throws a lot of challenges there because now you don't have a location with 40 employees gathering in, gathering in person for an in-person meeting to do training on the new point of sale system that's coming. So you have to have rock solid e-education and setting up leaders for that training and how to train in a remote fashion. You know, when we launched our previous point of sale three, three four years ago, you know, we had a whole script for how to do a in-stand meeting and have iPads to pass around everyone so everyone could look and touch and feel it. And now fast forward to the last six months, we've had to do all of that remotely, you know, mm -hmm. develop scripts for people on how to do a Zoom meeting for teaching them how to use a new point of sale system, how to develop stuff through our DBU platform, which is our Dutch Bros University for learning things. and. Even if you think you've covered everything, at least for us, there were so many functions and little like quirks that we had not thought through that we just kind of assumed people would understand. And then, you know, you deploy 400 stores in a very short period of time and you realize very quickly, oh, yeah, we missed that in training or we missed that or we should find a better way to communicate that. So that's been definitely a trip it's been very weird to not be able to go like on site for a lot of these things again to do those in-stand meetings um so yeah it's uh COVID has has forced us to adapt and become um very aware of the importance of e-learning and communication when we can't do it in person but you got it done though right we got it done yeah we uh we knocked it out it was about a four-month process you know to get the majority of our stores rolled over and those were uh, a fun a fun four hours, but now, or fun, fun four hours, I wish, fun four <laughs> months. 
Um, but now it's just going to pick back up again. You know, with technology, it's never ending. You know, you're never done. You know, it's always just what's next. And mm -hmm. a lot of us don't even know what's next. Two years from now, I don't think any of us can predict what that technology is that we're going to be rolling out or what's going to be the new thing that we have to do to adapt to, you know, either the, the customer's expectation of service and speed or changing times with legislation or who knows what it is. So for us, I look at 2021 and go, man, 2020 seemed like a lot and 2021 has even more on its plate um, that we're going to have to become even better at rolling out. So. so Brendan, you mentioned we don't really know what's coming next just because technology is ever evolving and ever changing and it's doing so more rapidly uh, than it used to. Uh, but what is next for Dutch Bros for you guys? What, what are the next things you guys know that you are going to be focusing on? And, and, and does, you know, do you feel like your tech stack that you outlined for us sets you guys up for success in that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things coming down the pipe, both internally and externally. You know, most of my focus is on the external facing things. And so, you know, you talk about COVID, one of the biggest things that we had to adjust to was person to person contact. And so a part of that, you know, at least as of right now, we have temporarily suspended the accepting of cash and mm -hmm. also accepting um, what's been a part of Dutch Bros's business since 1992, which is a paper stamp card loyalty program. You know, we've been on the paper stamp card and loyalty since 1992, and it's been a very successful, a very uh, fan favorite part of Dutch Bros. And we are looking to a digital way for 2021 to accommodate that so that we can bring that back in a fashion um, that a customer will love, but also is um, plays well with today's um, environment that we sit in of being contactless and whatnot. And so... Uh, it is highly likely in 2021, you will see some form of a customer facing um, app coming out um, for loyalty and payment and those type of things to bring that back in a great Dutch Bros fashion. Um, everything else customer facing um, is still up in the air, but we are constantly you know, looking at things like delivery, order ahead and things like those. But with Dutch Bros, we look at it from a lens of what is really complementing that customer experience. And for us, although it might make sense in some businesses to really take the employee out of the customer interaction and allow the, allow the customer to do everything themselves, for us, we really want to make sure we're still keeping that employee as a part of it because that's really who we are, is they're the ones that are making an impact on our customers' lives. So balancing those two things is what you're going to see coming in 2021 is which things you know actually see the light of the day and make sense for us and which ones don't. Um, but going back to your original question is, yeah, the work we've done in 2020 really paves the way for any of those things we want to do in 2021. You know, having the ERP system in place, having the Meraki infrastructure rolled out company-wide, having Xenial Point of Sale rolled out company-wide, and having all of these things with cloud-based, open APIs, integration-friendly, all those type of things. Yeah. It really opens the door for the world's our oyster. You know, anything we want to do, we've got the right things that we can plug into. And so for us, we really feel like when those things come, we can adapt to them very quickly to where we can say, hey, yeah, we can totally get that up and running in weeks or months. Whereas previously, it was either a no or sorry, we don't, we don't have the ability to get those things off the ground. So what's coming, we'll see. Um, I know another big one that's everyone right now is data. 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, Dutch Bros was uh, without a point of sale up until five years ago. So the amount of customer data and just overall data we had wasn't there. And so 2021 becomes a whole new world as we better know what we're selling, who we're selling it to, what our customers want, what they don't want, what our baristas want, what they don't want. All those things become way more attainable with having that data accessible to us. So having the right data platforms and the way to actually get uh, actionable insights off that data is a key focus for 2021. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I did I did think of one more question. You know, Brendan, my favorite Dutch Bros drink is a toasted keto cold brew. Uh, can you share your favorite Dutch Bros drink? Man, I tell you this, it evolves over time. And so when I first joined Dutch Bros, I was not a coffee drinker. You know, I was there's a, a drink that is no longer technically on our menu, but you can get it. It was the double chocolate mocha. That was my introduction to what I thought coffee was. Uh, <laughs> very quickly that that was not a good thing um, to necessarily be drinking on a daily basis. It is a delicious treat, but it is not coffee. And so most Dutch Bros employees you talk to, you know, you kind of start with our table stake um, drinks and then you kind of back off on the sweetness or things like that. So I've, I've done a long journey of where I sit today, but without a doubt, our cold brew is awesome. We have a nitro cold brew and we have a regular cold brew. So my normal drink today is a nitro cold brew. And if I'm treating myself, I'll toss either a little bit of Dutch Bros's exclusive uh, chocolate blend in there, which is like a chocolate milk, um, or our new soft top, uh, which is like a cold foam soft top thing that sits on the top. Yeah. And both of them are unreal. Um, I, I know I'm biased, but I believe our nitro cold brew is the best nitro cold brew you'll have out there. So I drink at least one of them on a daily basis. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I can agree. I, your nitro cold brew is legit, which is why I like the toasted keto cold brew. All right. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for participating today. Thank you so much to our audience for listening. Join us next time on the Table Stakes podcast for a dash of innovation, a pinch of technology, a tablespoon of business strategy, and a generous measure of good humor. We'll see you next time. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at tablestakes at zenial.com. Tablestakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hawk, and I'm your host, Andy Grindstaff. <laughs>